Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress, host of Talking Timber. In this episode of Talking Timber, we will be speaking to the folks behind Trajectory. They believe the public is disconnected from what happens in Oregon forests and how we utilize them. And they're trying to fill that gap in promotion, training, and support of entry-level positions. Before we talk to them though, we want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, who are both promoting sound, technical forest education through projects like this podcast. This year, the Pacific Forest Foundation will be awarding over $34,000 in scholarships. To find out more about the organization, visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Okay, now let's hear more about trajectory. I'm Austin Ernesti. Uh, I'm actually a farm kid from Nebraska originally. And I moved out to Oregon about 12 years ago. Um, I lived in Sandy now for about four years, and I board the museum that's out here. And uh, I just uh, got really involved with the forestry industry through that process and saw all the energy that's humming underneath the surface, just in all these communities everywhere. And, uh, you know, I learned an awful lot of things just by listening. And uh, I kind of want to take that back to the public now and share a lot of that information. Cool. And Andrew? Yeah, uh, my name is Andrew Sloan. Uh, I guess I, I started logging about 15 years ago for Wayne. Me and my wife, we moved up here, uh, and Wayne said I could work for him for a little bit till I found something else, and basically here I am 15 years later. So <laughs> <laughs> Now, Wayne's been in the industry for quite a while, so... Wayne has, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His business has been around for almost 40 years, and then he was logging before that, too, so. Okay. So, Christine? Hi, I'm Christine Johnson. I am a consulting arborist, so not quite a logger, but kind of on the periphery there, and uh, I've been out in Oregon since 2015. I got my master's in okay. urban forestry from Oregon State okay. University. Yeah, and I, I met Austin through his education and outreach um, side of trajectory. So that's how I joined his team. Wow. Okay. And Valerie, I hear you head this up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's hard to follow up uh, with all these great folks. I'm Valerie Salazar. I am a director at Ant Farm Youth Services. Um, I am the board president of trajectory. Uh, a little bit about my history. I've been in Oregon since 2011 and I've been in um, human services or social services uh, I was a gang outreach worker, did some sex trafficking um, programming for youth, and okay. then some violence prevention. And then I ended up with an farm that focuses on workforce, a lot of trail crews, lots of outdoor work, forestry stuff. Um, and so I connected with Austin, and and it it's just really ironic. It just all kind of unfolded from there. Great. So... You guys have a project coming up or an event? Yeah. Uh, so typically what we do really is a focus on education. We have an event coming up, the Sandy Invitational Chainsaw Carving event, okay. because chainsaws are sick. We're going to have um, a bunch of carvers in the Farmer's Market Square uh, split by Highway 26 there in Sandy. Okay. It's going to be on August 26th, and it's going to be going all day with a log draw at 8 o'clock. 
And uh, 5.30, we're going to do saws down with the judging. There's also going to be a quick carve. Uh, we've got arborists for walking tree tours. We've got former OSU forestry member teams uh, coming up to do demonstrations with the public. So there's just a lot of stuff that's going on. And this, and the monies you raise from this is for the educational program then? Correct. So um, basically what we, it's gone so quick. Um, we designed our first educational program just this last spring with the help of uh, Paul Felstener, the natural resource management teacher at the Sandy High School. Well, before the spring came along, we already had a second one for Heron Creek Behavioral School. And now in the fall, it looks like we'll be doing four of those programs. So um, we definitely need to spread our awareness and our campaign and uh, get a whole bunch of more partners to help us uh, kind of expand this out even more. And so what happens in one of these programs? Yeah, so um, we did a tremendous amount of research, uh, not just these folks right here, but we have a network of hundreds of people that we draw on. And what's neat about them is, is that we can tailor them to the curriculum that exists. So mm -hmm. a really good example here is, you know, this natural resource management class in Sandy. Uh, we brought, I think, 12 different professionals, and then they went on four different field trips. And they got to see civiculture experts, fish biologists, loggers, um, arborist Christine, that's where, you know, she came in and did a speech there. And it's just this whole exposure to how the bigger parts of this natural resource management and sustainability and forestry all comes together. Because a lot of times I think we pay um, as a culture, a lot of deference to like big E environmentalism, but then we don't really see how it all fits together. And so in their class, we were able to tie it together with a bunch of different professionals on the other side of town at the behavioral Creek or at the Heron Creek behavioral school, those are different group of kids. And so there it's more about exposure to different careers. So like a big shout out to Peterson Cat because they let us take a whole field trip out there with a bunch of kids and they were running excavators and didn't even know that there were people like uh, parts, uh, warehouse parts folks or wash rack people. Okay. And then we went out to, you know, we went out to Andrew's place, right? And Andrew and Wayne were out there like setting chokers and splicing cables and like running excavators with these high school students. And then we go to uh, Creative, uh, Creative Woodworking Northwest downtown Portland, where they do all the fancy molding for all those wonderful buildings down there, you know, and these young yeah. kids got to see that you don't need to have a college degree or some fancy education to be paid decent amount of money and be a real viable part of society. So this so. is pretty brand new, but have you already seen some success out of it or? Kids oh yeah, it's this? been kind of interesting. Um, we've actually placed a couple kids um, and now it's kind of spreading out. So um, watch for us here coming soon. We're going to be trying to put together some sort of way to um, organize anybody out there in the forestry or logging sector that might be looking for positions. Well, if we're going to all the schools talking to kids, like maybe we can just, you know, be that point of contact between the two. And I got to say, you know, I mean, I think Andrew speaks to a lot of that, you know, about him and I are of that generation of we were told to go to college, you know, and I love all my fancy degrees, but uh, at the same point, you know, not everybody needs to have uh, $10,000 or $100,000 in student loan debt. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't have my veterans benefits, there's no way that I could have um, afforded my master's degree. I don't know, Andrew, what do you kind of have to say about that kind of stuff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Austin's sick of hearing me talk about it, but I, I've uh, just kind of what Austin said, just agree that 
I think there's a, a large swath of students that uh, are kind of being led in the wrong direction as far as telling them they have to go to college. And I think there's a lot of really good paying jobs and real satisfying jobs, not only in forestry logging, but I mean, just in trades in general. But um, obviously my specialty is logging and that's where I'd love them to go. But, um, you know, I, I just think, there's large swaths of kids. Um, I think the percentage is even greater than I think most people would know that, that want to work with their hands, build things with their hands or be productive or not just sit in a office space or something like that. So what do you hear the kids say once they've been out there? Uh, I found that kids just absolutely love to get to work. It's interesting uh, we started a forestry club at the local school here, and the kids that we have drawn, the, it's just a smattering. It's the most eclectic, interesting, different group of kids that would you'd never see normally hang out. But what's neat is the thing that ties them together is their love of outdoors and of like physical activity and just kind of that engineering spirit, right, of building yeah, stuff cool. and figuring the next thing out. And I'm telling you, once you get kids outside, something happens. They like being physical and they like taking that activity. And so often I hear, you know, and this is a big thing of all generations, kids these days, you know, but that's because that's some of that old school thinking as if those kids are supposed to just come and beg at your knees and love the thing that you love. It's our job to show them why those things are important and to convince them that it's worth picking up, you know, the, the acts, I guess, in this case. And once you show kids that there's a reason and that there's a value to it, man, I tell you what, they hop right to it. I mean, Valerie actually is kind of some of my inspiration for some of that stuff. I mean, Ant Farm, those guys do crazy things. And Valerie is currently doing some research on the way that natural spaces kind of affect our mental spaces too with youth, Valerie, if you want to talk about that at all or. Yeah. That's so interesting. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Andrew and, and Austin, you know, when it comes to youth development, exposure and, and also communities that are marginalized, whether it's poverty or, you know, folks of color or whatnot, uh, it's it's so imperative that they have connection to the land. And the, yeah. the exposure to land, it it creates healing for mental health um, and, it, and it changes trajectory, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of youth may be struggling at home or maybe they're... Um, their ability to pass tests at school or their ability to be around large groups of people at school or pay attention or whatever the case may be. Sometimes having exposure and opportunities um, in other trades, such as logging or in the timber industry, it can change someone's entire life and give them purpose. So in youth development, they say that, you know, our brains don't fully develop until 25. Yeah. So all these experiences and interactions, and then also like, we're in a really broken society right now where people are hurting. And so these positive interactions and rewriting, like, you know, how adults interact with youth and, and treating people with respect. And then also like guiding, you know, guiding them into, um, to share with them, like, this isn't dangerous and this isn't bad. And this isn't, you know, like breaking stereotypes within the timber industry period. So. So what kind of reaction are you getting from the kids? Um, one, they're excited, but it's not even just the kids that are excited. Yeah. Put anybody in an excavator and let yeah. them run the handles and they're going to be like a little kid, right? Yeah. Um, and then, then Valerie and I, when we went down to the Oregon Logging Convention, like we just had a heyday running around with all the machines, like giggling yeah. with the kids. 
<laughs> cool, great. So how does the program work? Really what our package is now is about an eight-week series. And mm-hmm. then each week you get a different person. And again, that's going to depend on what your curriculum is. So if it is a wildlife, say um, it's an oceans and rivers and streams class, right? Well, mm-hmm. those are all going to have uh, river councils and fish biologists and that kind of stuff. If it's okay. more designed towards a career and jobs path for kids that were incarcerated, right? Then all of a sudden now we're, we're, we're talking about a different group. But what's neat is that we have found that the logging and forestry industries are just so absolutely supportive that everybody wants to be involved. So we just have this huge Excel spreadsheet. And I mean, really, all we're doing is, hey, what do you want to do? Well, we want to talk about X. Well, cool. Let me go to my spreadsheet and find a person who does X and then just vet them and coordinate everything for the teachers. Because, so do you, so do you oh, go, go to the teachers? Do you go to the teachers or do the teachers come to you? Um, you know, whichever one works out. Okay. We're here. Uh, that being said, you know, we're very selective with who we're going to work with, too. Um, we're, we're not going to try to sell something, quote unquote, to somebody if it's not going to fit what they're looking for. And so that's kind of part of the beauty and the struggle of it. Uh, well, what are you going to do for us? Well, I don't know. Let me come and see what you need first. Okay. I, I can't give you something if, if I don't know exactly what it is that you need. Oh, totally. Yeah. Hi, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors the Pacific Forest Foundation, and the Pacific Logging Congress. The Pacific Logging Congress is putting on its live Inwood show September 21st through the 23rd at the Weyerhaeuser Vale Tree Farm in Rainier, Washington. This only takes place every four years. You don't want to miss out. So for more information, visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, now back to Trajectory and seeing how their project is working out. So, Christine, how's your experiences been with this? Working with no, it's, oh, it's been good. Thank you. I um, gave my presentation back in, I think it was uh, late April or maybe early May. One of them had to be changed, but um, I was able to get the kids, you know, outside in their experimental forest, essentially right outside their classroom and <laughs> take them on a tour of the types of, of ways that I look at trees and that's, um, a lot of the times it's a risk assessment, um, which you do have to look at when you're doing forestry and logging as well. So, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of fun to, to see them start to think about risk and trees and how their, you know, their habit, their growth habit, and if they're balanced canopies or if there's de- large dead branches and how that might, you know, um, affect how you would maybe create a trail through the forest or something like that. Um, it was really rewarding to get to be in the classroom, to be asked questions and kind of, um, yeah, it was just kind of, I don't know, made me feel younger. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it must be kind of fun just connecting with kids too, because you just don't get to do that, that age group a lot. So, so. right. Yeah. Well, and like Christine did a real good service because she talked about how her job is not a typical one that you would see. Yeah. And I think that's part of the issue that's going on with a lot of our young folks right now is that they're starting to see, okay, maybe college isn't the path that I need to go to, but where do I go? And then, you know, I mean, I volunteered for Ant Farm for a, a while and I would just uh, do my research by talking to the kids and mm-hmm. I would just talk to people around town as well while I was doing, you know, historical activity or whatever. And they just didn't even know about the jobs that existed out there. And so while this is partly about 
the you know environmental side of it and the forestry side of it and what we're going to mm-hmm. do with all of it. At the same time, this is about just the plain old careers that these kids yeah. are looking for, because you know, just like Andrew was saying, you know, college may not be the right spot, but then I go to talk to a 17 year old and they think, well, we've got YouTube influencer and video game person, <laughs> and you can go to college or join the military. And then everybody else is kind of like, well, um, yeah. I guess I'll, I'll flip burgers and figure it out. It's like, well, that's good. You don't need to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. That's not what we're saying, but you know, it's good to have a plan maybe. Yeah. And so, you know, each person that comes to these schools, uh, they're not instructed to just talk about their job. So it might also be the 10 different jobs that work around them as well. Yeah, cool. So, Andrew, do you think any of the students that you saw over the course of the this year you guys might hire? Or is that kind of a win-win for you guys, too? Or Well, I think long-term, absolutely. That's um, obviously our, kind of our goal. Uh, and that's kind of where me and Wayne – We've been trying to get stuff going for years now, for five, six years. And we had done a little bit of stuff with Paul Felsteiner there at, at the school. And then we met with Austin, and it was just, it was kind of a, a good match because he has the energy and the, the resources and the, not like the, the people base, basically. <laughs> to kind of keep reaching out and me and Wayne just didn't have the time to be able to work and do the, the, all the meetings and stuff required. But I think definitely long-term, you know, that's the goal is to, to be able to transfer those students. Like, like Austin was saying, kind of have it be like a pathway for them. Said we had uh, a couple uh, students, groups of students come out to some of our job sites Mm -hmm. and, you know, there was a handful of kids that definitely seemed interested. And then it, it was awesome even to hear like Paul I remember, uh, when he came up to our yarder side and he was, he looked around and he even just looked around. He's like, people don't understand. I mean, he was kind of amazed by it too. And he was like, people truly do not understand what goes on on a logging site. So, you know, just getting that education out and then letting students know yeah. what, is required to be a logger these days. It, it, it's totally different. You say logger and most people think either cutting a tree or an ax. And I always tell people, <laughs> yeah. And I always tell people, I mean, I've logged for 15 years and like probably in the last year, I've probably cut four or five trees down. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's just, that's, that's not my job. You know, we have whole crews that that's all they do is go and cut trees. So. Well, and so what I'm a kid and I'm listening or I'm a teacher and I'm listening to this podcast, how would I reach out to you and listening to the program as our website or how would they connect? Yeah. So uh, we do have a website. Um, it's going to be trajectorynw.org. So that's a, uh, you know, www.trajectorynw.org. Um, and so you can check it out for the educational stuff that's on there. Um, the Sandy Invitational Chainsaw Carving event is also on there as well. Um, and if you're on Facebook, we've got a invite for that too. Okay. Um, if you are an educator or if you're an admin or if you just want to get um, some forestry stuff related into your school, uh, there's a sign up on the education tab on our website there. And you can just drop your information and we'll get a hold of you. Right now, though, we are full bore into this Sandy Invitational Chainsaw Community yeah. or uh, Carving event, though, and so 
Uh, we are still looking for volunteers uh, for the setup the night uh, before and for the okay. day of, um, and maybe even tear down be at the end. There's a sign okay. up on the website there, um, trajectorynw.org. Okay. Uh, and as always, we are looking for sponsors too. Um, I was an evangelist at one point in my life, so I have no problem asking about that stuff. <laughs> okay. and, and what's the dates again? Uh, so it's going to be August 26th. Okay. Uh, log draw is at 8 o'clock. Then we're going to do a quick carve competition between 1 and 2. And uh, then that item will do a silent auction for the rest of the day. Okay. And then at 5.30, we're going to be doing a judging. Um, OSU's forestry timber field will be set up throughout the entire day, and we'll be doing demonstrations there. And Oh, nice. Any regular person can just come and, I don't know, do some cross cut or some cable splicing or do nice. a lot. We, my pool just arrived in the mail like two hours ago. <laughs> We're going to do log rolling. So. Oh, nice. Nice. It'll be great. You're, you and your kids can come and do it. You just have to sign waivers. We got insurance. It was done expensive. <laughs> So for the so for your programs, if you could look ahead five years from now, what would you like the goal to be, or what, how would you like to have progressed? I think that trajectory has the ability to really be a bridge between communities and workforce, and build um, economically sustain like just communities and and the workforce, and bring it back. Okay. I also think that placing people within positions and getting them work ready. Um, young adults or young, young, you know, young people that are trying to get into different industries and or, you know, people that are trying to, there's a lot of folks that are, um, they go through life and then they're ready for change, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so wh whoever it may be, I just see Trajectory being that um, broker of relationships okay. and definitely building up workforce and economics in cities, nice. especially <laughs> in rural communities. Rural communities is hard. So, yeah. so, do you have any big struggles? So I would say that that time is really yeah. our biggest struggle right now, just getting started. But I mean, whenever it's one of those things, we've only been incorporated for a year. Mm -hmm. If I were to stop and list all the things that we've done, it's kind of amazing that we've done it. So it sounds like you've gotten a lot of great support so far. Um, you know, it's part of uh, what we're going to be doing here with this Sandy Invitational Chainsaw Carving mm -hmm. is I really do want to thank uh, some of the people in the community that have helped out. Okay. Uh, we've got Wayne Stone Logging. They are always a great support. Uh, Wayne is just tremendous to his community and is willing to give. Um, next adventure, um, Stumptown Carving, okay. uh, Sandy Chainsaw, Dick Hanna Chevy Ford, Peterson Cat, and Port Blakely. Um, okay. All just We really couldn't do this without all of those folks. Um, and then helping out as well, uh, we've got the Sandy Historical Society, Bell Excavating, Farmers Insurance Offices at David Hamburg, and uh, Mountain Mocha there in Sandy. Oh, so okay. with all of these folks, they're kind of helping us out. You know, um, if you are out there and would like to be a sponsor, just get a hold of us, SICC at trajectorynorthwest.org. This is, I'm, I'm just super proud to say that, you know, Austin has put a lot of effort and work into this and has envisioned and it's come to produce fruit. I mean, we're here yeah. to now. We're here right now on this podcast. Yep. Um, the events happening, lots of partnerships, lots of social capital within within you know different um, agencies and things of that nature. Just even me being. I mean, I can only speak for myself and like meeting Andrew and Christine and all the other folks that are involved and watching the momentum. And when you start something where where it's just like that spark. Yeah. And then watching it flourish, you know, I just want to 
thank Austin for all the hard work that he's doing and and the the envisioning and then all that energy he does have has pushed this thing forward. So nice, big accomplishment. Um, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, <laughs> you know that kind of makes me think about something that I do want to say is. Um, one of the coolest things is the way that we can change our minds. Um, I stake my, my ability to change and to alter. Um, and something that I really like to say is that everything that I know today, I know about it because I was once wrong about it. So I'm going to absolutely going to be wrong again. Um, the foundation of your own knowledge is knowing that you were wrong about whatever you knew before that. Yeah. And I love being able to share that with people because what I thought about the forest five years ago is completely wrong from what's going on compared to what the science is saying. And I get these moments where I get confronted by people who say, oh, you're just the one who wants to cut down all the trees. And it's interesting how just with a couple of breaths and good talk over the course of several weeks, all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about how we're going to save the planet. So, Andrew, you have any highlights? To see like an event like this, like with the, the chainsaw carving event in Sandy. I mean, Sandy hasn't had a logging show in years. I mean, it was before <laughs> I was even here. So, um, nice. you know, to see all that and then, uh, so, but yeah, just, just the fruits of it. I mean, just to see, I mean, just the fact that we got something going a little bit at Sandy high school, you know, what, like I said, me and Wayne, we've been working on it for years. So the, the, Something like that is definitely, definitely nice. a big highlight. Nice. Well, anybody who's listening, you need to get out there and watch them carve. This is a great event for a great cause, and you can expect to see this turn into an annual event, I'm sure. We want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress for making this podcast possible. And we want to thank the Trajectory Board for taking time out to be part of the Talking Timber podcast. Until next time, take care.